Hi, welcome to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Cassie. I'm Alex. I'm Sarah. And I'm Amanda. And today we are talking about rationalizing unhealthy behaviors. Yes. So we're, we are going to talk about a little bit of an uncomfortable subject today that <laughs> is near and dear to all of our hearts. So, um, you know, we have all been there, made a decision that made us feel frustrated, and then rationalized why we made the decision in order to help ourselves feel better. So today's topic is, you know, not about us shaming anyone or calling you out or making you feel bad. We want to help you understand this behavior and notice if you're in the habit of letting yourself rationalize unhealthy habits. If you think you don't do this, think again, because we all do it every day. So maybe not every single day, but probably every day in lots of different ways. It doesn't have to revolve around food or, or exercise, um, but we as humans do this all the time in some way, shape, or form. So we will discuss some of these tactics so you can be aware of them. The first step of changing a behavior is acknowledging and realizing it's there. And so, uh, so, so you can recognize it and then try to redirect yourself um, so you can stay on track more consistently. And remember, we never recommend trying to be perfect. We're not talking about that today. Um, it's all about balance, and we want you to try to achieve that balance. But if your habits are tipped towards unhealthy versus healthy behaviors, then maybe it's time to think about are you rationalizing whether you're allowing yourself to um, eat those or have those unhealthy habits too often. So Alex is going to talk about why. Why do we do this? I do it too. It brings me back to exercise, especially like this morning, for example. I was like, oh, well, I'm too tired. And then I still woke up tired, you know, so I should have woken my butt up and just got my workout in. Um, So that happened to me this morning. So it happens all the time, like Cassie said. So why do we do this? Often our current wants do not line up with our long-term goals, which can make us uncomfortable and feel bad about ourselves. How do we make ourselves feel better? Well, we tell ourselves many things to rationalize whatever we did. If rationalizing unhealthy behavior becomes a habit, our long-term health goals may suffer for it. So if we're fast foods quick, fast foods quick, then if your goal is just to lead a healthier life and maybe lose body fat, it's not going to necessarily line up. Um, And this is called cognitive dissonance. Is a theory to explain this behavior. It was first written about in the 1950s by Leon Festinger. Did I say that right? I think so. Festinger? <laughs> I like it. And has been studied ever since. The theory explains that people engage in activities to make them feel better about themselves when their values and beliefs do not match up with their behaviors. Yes. Very interesting. So this is something that has been studied for a long time. And so, and I think it's always good to understand our brain. Our brains are amazing. And so, but also a lot of people's frustration, because we hear this in our office all the time. I don't know why I keep doing this, or I don't know why, you know, so this is going to be some of the why our brains act the way that they do and do the things that they do to cope with it. So then you can start trying to redirect yourself, which you can do, which is exciting. So, um, so um, Sarah is going to to talk about the behaviors related to health and cognitive dissonance. Yeah, and cognitive dissonance occurs in all aspects of your life, but because we are nutrition and exercise professionals, <laughs> we're talking about how it relates to your health. So one way that it um, can relate to your health is by changing your belief, by convincing yourself that the benefits outweigh the risks. So some examples of that are, well, fast food is such a time saver. I don't have time to do anything else anyways. Another example is I can't live without my sweet coffee beverage fix every day. Have to have it with all the calories, all of the sugar, all of the additions. 
And then another example is I need to have some crunch in my day, such as chips, veggies, or other substitutes. Don't cut it. And I don't know if Cassie like meant to mirror these of client actual client testimonials, but I've heard of, you know all of those mm-hmm. with some of my clients and myself too. We're like we're not perfect. We're guilty of it also. Mm-hmm. So those are definitely some examples. Just a very few amount of how people may rationalize those unhealthy behaviors. Yes. So and I'm hoping that you guys all are sitting here thinking, okay, what do I tell myself? <laughs> yeah. So so yes. So one of the ways, um, like Sarah said, that um, these behaviors happen are really just trying to change your belief about something that the benefit of it outweighs any kind of risk. And so you rationalize that behavior and make yourself feel better about it. So um, and Amanda is going to talk about another way that we can use cognitive dissonance. Yes. So talking about minimizing the harmful effects that come from the unhealthy behaviors. So one example would be nutrition and exercise recommendations are always changing. So I'm just going to do what I want because no one really knows what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I actually, these are all I have heard over my years. (laughs) Yeah. That one's kind of like an, I'm overwhelmed by information. So I pretty much just give up. Mm -hmm. The next example would be all of my family and friends don't exercise or eat healthy and they're all fine and I feel fine so I don't need to worry about it either so mm-hmm. that's a good one that sounds huge <laughs> yeah. yeah very influenced by people that you love and that you care about mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yep and the last example is my blood work is great I don't really need to eat healthy if what I'm doing isn't affecting my body yeah yeah so. <laughs> I've heard that one yeah. quite a bit it's like my body fat's at a fine place but why does my blood work matter why does my eating matter mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it yeah. is very interesting. So, um, and you know, what the reality is, is there, you know, with science, sometimes it does change, you know, I'll, I'll mention that, but that doesn't mean that science was wrong. It just meant that we learned more about it. So it's, we're constantly learning, constantly trying to figure out things, but there are definitely some trends that are pretty well proven with nutrition and exercise. And <laughs> right. so, um, so saying that you don't know um, if certain behaviors are healthy or unhealthy, so you're not going to worry about it um probably you're just rationalizing that behavior and lying to yourself so um so again um minimizing the harmful effects of unhealthy behaviors so um the third one is focusing on perceived negative consequences of following a healthy behavior and i have certainly heard this one so (laughs) you try to spin it to where this healthy behavior has a negative thing that's associated with it so you don't want to do it um so one example is Running is bad for your knees, so it's safer not to run. <laughs> so, um, and you know, I have heard that for sure, and that's something that again was kind of a common belief for a while. Um, but in reality, runners have healthier knees than non-runners, and so um, now people who do have bad knees shouldn't probably go out and start running. But running doesn't cause bad knees, so running isn't for everyone. But um, but it certainly um, isn't going to cause you to have issues. It typically is going to help you not have them. Um, um, and then another exam- example is if I don't have at least three glasses of wine every day, I would be stressed, which is bad for my health. <laughs> so I need to drink my three glasses of wine. Not one, not two. It's got to be three. <laughs> I made sure to make it three <laughs> because, 
you know, one um, is not too unhealthy for yeah. most people. So, and um, and believe me, this was I laugh about this because back when I was a newer dietitian, you know, there are certain habits that I really enjoy, and I certainly went out and looked, you know, and tried to do it unbiased um, to see what research was out there if this was actually a harmful thing or a healthy thing. <laughs> and so, and wine was certainly one of them. So, because I love wine and coffee was another one. So it was just kind of funny looking at this as, you know, as a nutrition professional, I would go out and look, um, and you have to be careful about that too, because you can certainly find, um, research and things to support what your belief is. And people, you know, do that certainly. So, um, so yes, that one, um, is definitely interesting. So, um, also, uh, if I need sugar or sweets after dinner or else I can't fall asleep and I need sleep. (laughs) I heard that the other day with one of my clients. I hear that a lot. So like I have to, I have to have her on I'm thinking about it constantly and it's healthy to give into cravings a little bit, but if you, again, if you focus on the perceived negative consequence, then that's what's happening. And if that's something that's driving, not being able to meet your healthy lifestyle goals, then that's when it's important to address. Right. Absolutely. So, and again, we all do this sometimes. And so, you know, we, I, we probably do this every day and I certainly do it with my nutrition and my exercise sometimes too. So we're not perfect at this either, but it's just interesting if you really start thinking about it and um, thinking, okay, well, that's not necessarily true. I'm just trying to make myself feel better. Um, So that's what we want you to think about today. Um, So Alex is going to talk about emotions related to cognitive dissonance. Yes. If your behaviors conflict with your beliefs and values, then you may feel the following emotions. Stress or anxiety, frustration, anger, sadness, shame or embarrassment, regret. Uh, We don't like to feel these emotions. Certainly none of us do, but I'm sure we all have at some point. They make us uncomfortable and research shows that our brains will do whatever they can to restore the order and comfort. Yes, very interesting. So this is yeah. kind of a cue if you notice the emotion, you might think, okay, you know, am I going to tell myself something after I feel that emotion to make myself feel better? And is that something that's necessarily true or not? So mm-hmm. it's kind of that first step in, um, you know, making that rationalization about your behavior is that emotion that maybe you don't like. That's so, that's so interesting. Literally this morning, like I said, I woke up <laughs> and I was like, dang it, I'm tired. Let me snooze my alarm. And then I was frustrated that I did that because I could have gotten out of the way in the morning. But then I rationalized it by saying, oh, I didn't get my seven hours and I only got six and a half so that's why I needed to sleep in <laughs> make myself feel yeah, better it's so funny <laughs> I need to, so I just need to get my butt up is really what, yeah, what needs to happen exactly <laughs> exactly so and then you know so again we have those emotions which we talked about and so what are some of the coping mechanisms well one thing that I'm thinking of too just related to like when you're uncomfortable your brain is like we need to restore comfort is and I've heard this this week with some free consults too it's like Think about food as a coping mechanism and the type of foods that you use for coping mechanisms. They're usually not healthful foods for the most part. And a lot of times, whenever you're feeling an emotion that makes you feel uncomfortable, whatever that comfort food is that you associate with restoring comfort and norm in your life, that's what you attach with that situation. And I think just knowing that about yourself is important and that can help you start to you know, get the wheels turning and think about what can I do instead to restore comfort? Yeah. 
That's good, Sarah, because I don't think a lot of people realize that our brains make pathways and they, you know, they certainly, we learn, we are, you know, those, our humans are just, our brains are amazing. And so whenever you have a food or you rationalize a behavior and it makes you feel better, your brain will remember that and it'll go back to that every time you have that emotion that you're trying to, you know, cope with. And so the good news is if you realize what those coping mechanisms are and you realize that they're not healthy then you can have new pathways mm-hmm. that you learn that are healthier yeah. and so um so yeah that's very interesting and that it relates to eating yeah. too yes yeah. and that's a whole other aspect of what we do as dietitians is the behavioral aspect of it and helping you as a client connect those old pathways and create new pathways so other coping mechanisms for these emotions too and, and you know when we feel these emotions we try to rationalize why we made the decision in order to make ourselves more comfortable like we said so examples of that are deflecting or blaming other people this is by far probably one of the biggest things that I hear too especially because you know if you have a family or you have kids uh, kids take a lot of the blame let me tell you <laughs> what I've seen yes. too and it makes sense too you know there's there's stressful situations that happen in your your household and so examples of that can be my spouse doesn't buy any healthy food for the house so it's not an option because you are incapable of helping with that apparently <laughs> he is the only person or she is the only person that is able to go grocery shopping no you can help with that there's grocery store pickup now yes I mean, it's yes. easy <laughs> click the buttons <laughs> yes absolutely and those are ideas that we can help you guys generate because there's more than one option I promise another thing is blaming your situation an example of that is I have to be at work at 7 a.m. every day. I can't get up before that to work out. You can get up to work out before that. You probably don't want to get up to work out before that. And weighing pros and cons of your sleep schedule and what your evening routine is. And do you have time throughout the day that's as convenient? You know what I mean? Those are all things that we want you to work through and at least think about because you can fit workouts in throughout the day when you do it. And the extent to how helpful that is after weighing the pros and cons is something that you should think about. Another example is hiding your behaviors from others. And this is a serious thing. This is something that we hear about, something that definitely needs to be addressed and can often be associated with disordered eating tendencies as well. So an example is stopping at fast food on the way home and then throwing the bag away before anyone knows. That is something that you associate as bad or shameful and you don't want anyone else to know about it and so you do it in secret. And oftentimes you don't even want to recognize that you're doing it either and that's why you're hiding it from other people. So being open about those things and figuring out how you can address that and know that the people around you care about you and want to help you in those situations is important too. And on the non-eating disorder scale, we see all the time where uh, people conveniently may not take a picture of yep. their, <laughs> their thing they don't want us to see. Like on football Sundays. Yeah. I'm like, that's so strange. Like, what no did you one do took through? a picture on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's you know? funny. That is and a good Yeah. Point. So, and not that that, you know, like Sarah said, there definitely are some, uh, you know, disordered eating um, tendencies with a lot of that. But I think just in general people don't want to disappoint others or you know Mm -hmm. admit to things um sometimes and so even um it can seem very benign but but if you're not being honest with yourself it's hard to make those changes and um even if you don't take a picture or even if you throw the stuff away it still happens yeah and that's all part of the process yeah Yeah. it's a it's a learning process and then lastly an example of coping mechanisms is surrounding yourself with other people who support your behaviors 
that's a big thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are wanting to indulge in an unhealthful behavior and you associate it with a specific family member or friend that you know will encourage you to do that, then that's a real thing and you probably aren't even realizing that you're doing it. Yeah, and I have an example from that. It just makes me think of one of my friends that um, he wants to get in better shape and lose body fat and all that stuff and his time to do that would be like going to the gym after work. But all of his friends go have a drink after work, like Mm. every day just like a beer or whatever. And then he's like, they're like, come on, man, like let's go have a beer. it's been a long day so that's like surrounding yourself in those behaviors yeah and it is hard hard. so you got to pick and choose you know and yeah follow your goals some of those things but if it's every day then that can be definitely an issue and so um yeah or work out in the morning yes yeah Yeah. exactly there are always options yes yes (laughs) so um so amanda's going to talk about some more tactics that people use to rationalize behaviors yes so these are interesting So looking for information on the internet or from others to confirm the beliefs that are consistent with your behaviors. So changing your beliefs to fit your habits or behaviors. So yeah, well, I, this is, yeah, I mean, this is something that if you, you can get on the internet and find a confirmation to to everything you want, I mean, you really can. And so, um, and then also I, we find this a lot too, with just people, I, you know, my friend said that this worked for them or, you know, I mean, it just really, there are so many different examples with that. Do you have like, yeah, I have a, I had a client probably a couple weeks ago who loves me. And he's like, well, I was looking on the internet and the carnivore diet and people have had good research or good results with that. So I feel like I should be doing that because yeah. he loves meat and doesn't want to eat fruits and veggies and that yeah, kind of right. stuff. So rationalization, rationalization. Yeah. Exactly. Looked on the internet for a diet that would maybe fit yeah. that he, he can only eat red meat. So yeah. 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 And or just meat in general. Yeah. We have to be careful on our part too, because I feel like sometimes I'm researching things for clients and when I'm researching it, I want to find what I think is right. But we mm-hmm. have to be careful as yeah. dietitians to research in a really unbiased way. Right. Yes. Make sure we're looking yes. at both sides. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about when I was researching the alcohol and yeah. the coffee. You know, I was trying to go in because that's part of our job is to go in with an unbiased opinion, you know. Yeah. Um, and so and we really try to do and I you know, I think being open to learning, we all yeah. are here, you know open-minded so um, there are certainly are some themes that are pretty well researched but there's a lot we don't know right and so um, yeah so that's a very good point Amanda definitely yeah. okay next is convincing yourself that you deserve the behavior or you needed the behavior I think I often do this with exercise because like maybe I worked out four days in the week and then Friday I'm like oh I worked out four days and my body hurts so I'm not gonna work out again I deserve a rest day but really I should probably get my butt to the gym and do another <laughs> workout <laughs> Um, So one example Cassie found in research is that in a behavioral study on 45 workers on their reasons why they chose unhealthy snacks at work, the top two reasons were one, they were tempted by seeing the unhealthy choice, and two, they felt like they deserved it because they worked so hard at their job. Yes. So, yeah. Interesting. So, <laughs> that's, yeah. I know. I, I mean, I've certainly rationalized things that I've done because I feel like I deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Sure. You yeah. know, so, yeah. yeah. So you had a long day or, oh, I haven't had this in a while, you know. Um, and again, that we're not talking about having these behaviors necessarily. We're talking about you rationalizing it to yourself. And so, um, so there's a difference between being honest with yourself saying, I just really want this and I'm okay with that and trying to tell yourself something that isn't necessarily true to try to make yourself feel better because you feel like the behavior is not something you should be doing. Yeah, if you listen to this, I challenge you for the rest of the day to think about (laughs) decisions that you may be rationalizing. 
because I think I'm going to try and do that for the rest of the yeah. day too and I, see yeah. really how much I do it and maybe even into to tomorrow too when I'm not thinking about it as much because I bet you do it more often than you think with anything outside right. of health and wellness as well so yes our exactly. brains are scary so <laughs> they are smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's amazing how they want it to keep us calm and happy yes, so, absolutely. it's okay yeah. everything's fine everything's fine yeah. so so um just to sum up you know what can you do so first off we're hoping that we helped you with this that you can recognize when you're rationalizing unhealthy behaviors and again that doesn't mean that you shouldn't make any behaviors that aren't the best thing for your health um, that's not what we're saying but just recognizing when you're doing that and then be honest with yourself about what you're doing and why it is okay to do something just because you want to and i think it's a much healthier way to think about those things and more enjoyable way to say that I just wanted this I really enjoy this food or or I, my body's tired and I really feel like it's the best thing for me today to take an off day you know that is a lot um, healthier way to look at those behaviors instead of saying I didn't have time or you know I deserve this for xyz you know so so that's really what we're talking about is really being honest with yourself about why you're doing something also surround yourself with people who have healthy habits most of the time, which has been shown in research to help you choose healthier foods and exercise more. And like we mentioned before, on the flip side, people often like to surround themselves with people that support maybe their unhealthy behaviors because they want to hang on to them. Um, and so you can think about it on the flip side because that works as well. So who you hang out with and um, what you do with your friends really can help. And the nice thing is, is you may have friends that also want to be healthier, but if you, so you could be that person for your friends and then and um, help them create healthier habits as well. Um, I love exercising with my friends and the social part of it. It keeps me going and something I enjoy. And when you're super busy, you don't have a ton of time anyways, right? <laughs> to be hanging out with friends. Um, so especially when you have children. <laughs> and so um, so that's that my time, like 5.30 a.m. That is my social time. So, um, yeah, so, um, which is kind of crazy, but it works. <laughs> so, um, but that's something that's really important. Um, also make sure that your expectations for yourself are realistic and consistent with your values and goals because that's something that you know maybe you have very unrealistic expectations and then you're always failing and then you're always rationalizing it and so um, that's not the healthiest behavior either um, so you know bottom line is keep yourself accountable and be honest with yourself you are ultimately responsible for your choices regardless of the situation. And so um, so that's something that is really important to realize. And so um, again, just notice if you've been doing these things, if you wanna you know, post comments or anything on this and let us know maybe some of the- This is BS. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you have done, uh, yeah. Are you like just a BS, a BS meter? Oh, that would be really fun in our nutrition <laughs> sessions. We could have a buzzer that we can- <laughs> So we're like, I feel like it would go up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it would go up a So, um, yeah, and that's one thing. If you want someone to call you on your BS, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so we can be those people for you. Um, but also just, you know, think about that on your own. And, again, this isn't about um, you trying to feel bad about yourself that you're doing. It's just recognize it, building better habits and, and um, pathways in your brain um, so you can be okay with having some fun stuff that's not necessarily healthy um, and just move on. You'll enjoy it more probably. Mm -hmm. so, Heck yeah. yeah. Love so, it. All right. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.